Greetings in Jesus' name this morning. For a message, um, I have a title, Where is God? Almost exactly a month ago, a man I knew quite well, only found out this past week that he passed away here in Creston. A man by the name of Rick Annett passed away from a type of fast-growing cancer. And some of you may have known him as Rick the Barber. Um, He was a Christian man and had many Christian friends. He liked to encourage people, and if you met him most times as he was leaving and saying goodbye, he'd say, God bless you. On December 20, the day he died, at 8.20 in the evening, uh, one of his friends that was with Rick and the family as he passed away, John was his name, when he exited the hospital building and looked across the street, he saw a car parked out in front of the hospital, there close to the Lutheran Church, you know how it looks there, Crescent Hospital. And there was a woman parked there, and she was getting out of the vehicle, and she came over to him, she wanted to speak to him, and asked, is there someone, someone coming out of those doors, Sue, who is going through a difficult time, and needs encouragement? And John said, matter of fact, yes, there is. And she went on to explain how God laid on her heart to stop right there as there was a need. Someone needed encouragement, and she did just that. Praise the Lord. How is God with you this morning? Where is God in relation to you? Have you ever felt God that real to you? That, I've got to stop right now, I've got to pray. I would ask you all this morning if you believe in God. I don't really think any of you would say that there is no God. I think all of us believe there is God. Even if you're having trying circumstances, questioning God, or having a hard time following God's leading, listening to his call, or just plain discouraged, I still think we all would say, yes, I believe in God. But really, where is God this morning? We all have those moments, and I ask that question in relation to myself, in relation to each of you. Where is God? We look at the atheists, and we look at all the un- unbelieving people in the world, and say, why can't they see God? He's everywhere. We believe in God this morning, so where is God? But really, where is he in us as believers? Where is God when the world looks at us? Where is God when we're all alone, no one seems to care, relationship issues? Where is God when our family members or close friend dies? Where is God when we are called to encourage or challenge? We get that nudge from God. Where is God when we fall? Where's God if and when we are diagnosed with serious illness or in terrible pain? Where's God when the sun doesn't shine for basically two months? Where's God when we are broke? Or just as important, where's God when we aren't broke? Where's God when our plans have changed, small and also the real life changing things? Seems there's no answers. Seems God doesn't hear. Where's God, friends, brothers and sisters? I know that I've seen God in you, and I see God in you this morning. And I can say I've felt God in my life. <clears throat> but I guess the challenge is to make it more obvious in our life that um, where God is. He's in our hearts, is in each of our lives. There should be no question ever um, from the world looking on and from our Christian family that God is right here among us and working in us. All right, so first of all, where is God when the world looks at us? You return to Matthew 5. 
Matthew 5, verse 13 through 16. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We are the salt of the earth and all aspects of our life, to some degree, are going to be seen by the world. Are we that bright light on the hill showing where God is? The next point is about when we are alone, but that will be more specifically about loneliness. And when I think about the world looking on, at, looking on at us or when our brothers and sisters are around or dear to us, when we um, are alone in that sense, are we willing to stand up like Daniel and pray three times a day, or like his three friends in front of the golden statue. We will not bend, we will not bow. The world looking on may think we're crazy, but wait till they see God, like that fire that couldn't burn Daniel's three friends there, and then that supernatural being standing by their side. Where's God in loneliness? Turn to 1 Corinthians 19. First Corinthians 19, verses 4 through 14. He himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that, in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken Thy covenant, throw down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering into the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Do you ever feel like Elijah? Doing everything right, doing more than you're told. Zealous, and yet no one cares, no one notices. Isaiah 41, verse 10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee, be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Joshua 1, verse 9, Have not I commanded thee? Be strong, and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Philippians 2, verses 1 through 4, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, 
if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being in one accord, in one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain, or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. When we feel alone, we need to grasp God's promise that um, he will always be there for us, even when others let us down or relationships fail, or whatever circumstance may cause us loneliness. But those verses in Philippians um, that I just read tell us that while God is there for us, we need to have an attitude change as well. It's difficult to get out of our mindset when we're in it, isn't it? Um, We need to get out of that little box, that box of ourselves, and make room for others, and especially for God. We need to fulfill, fulfill God's joy, or get joy, like it's talking about in those verses. I believe it is telling us by doing that, by loving, by doing good, looking out for others. Loneliness seems so real to us, but really, loneliness is a phenomenon that most times feels greater than it really needs to be. <clears throat> Where's God when we are sick? in pain, or even very seriously ill. We may feel like Jeremiah when we face these things. Why is my pain perpetual and my wound incurable, which refuseth to be healed? Wilt thou be altogether unto me as a liar and as waters that fail? Romans 5, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Could it be that God brings difficulty, pain, tribulation into our life to make us better? God even tells us in First Thessalonians, to in everything give thanks, that must mean our pain and all our circumstances for that matter. Jesus also faced pain. Matthew 26, 38 and 39. Thus saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. We also need to hear what Paul said. Um, Remember that thorn in the flesh that he had. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 10. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. When I am weak, then am I, then am I strong. So no matter the pain, no matter the circumstances, God's grace is sufficient. It will cause us to rely more fully on him and give us a chance to show where God is once again. Where's God when death comes? Job 14, verse 5, Seeing his days are determined, the number of his months are with thee. Thou hast appointed his bounds that he cannot pass. Acts 17, verses 25 and 26, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, 
and hath made of one blood all nations and men for to dwell on all face of the earth. On all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. For starters, who made life? In the first place, it was God. Every breath that we take is from God. God created life. Like I just said, He is in control of life. He knows how long each one of us will live, and He will be there when we take our last breath and when our friends and family members take their last breath. Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. God not only is in control, but He will be with us and near to us. I have never been by someone's side when they went to be with Jesus, but I've been told it can be a beautiful story of seeing God, of feeling God in the room and knowing God is there. Some of you can testify to that. And such was the story and introduction I gave at the beginning. God, they felt God in the room. Where's God when we are called to do something? Mark 16, verse 15, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Verse 15, 7, verse 17. But as God hath distributed to every man, as the Lord hath called every one, so let him walk, and so ordain I in all the churches. Second Timothy 1, verse 9, Who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. And James 1, verse 22, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. We know that God wants us to serve him. Sometimes it's not clear to us, um, where and what he wants us to do. But it's keeping our hearts open to God, listening when he gives us that nudge to stop what we're doing and pray. Does God speak plainly? How do we know that he could be telling us to stop in front of a hospital door and encourage a morning person? We tell everyone we believe in God. Let's show them there's where God is. He speaks to us and we take action. We go when he says go. We speak when he speaks, says speak. The sooner and the more frequently we respond to God when he calls, I believe the more in tune we will be and the less unsure we will be of God speaking. I guess what I'm saying or trying to say is if we spurn the known times God's speaking to us, we're going to have more difficulty discerning his will and his plan for us in our everyday life. Isaiah 6 verse 8, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Where's God when we fail? Psalm 73, verse 26, My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength in my heart and my portion forever. We are human. We are prone to sin and failure, but God gives us what we need to be victorious. We have all the resources. But thanks be to God that we don't have to stay in defeat when we do have failure. God is still there ready to pick us up and give us the strength. Of heart again. Proverbs 24, verse 16. For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Philippians 1, verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And Psalm 145, verse 14. The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up all those that be bowed down. Failures of our spiritual life are discouraging, but so are our failures and mistakes in normal life and routine. God is there for 
those small mistakes as well. He's there every time. He is the strength of our life. Where's God when the sun doesn't shine? We've been having quite a few of those days lately, haven't we? I haven't necessarily been keeping track of how many days it does shine or doesn't shine. But I know the other day when the light came, I'm sorry, when the sun shone for a little while, it's like a flip of the switch, same way this morning. It's beautiful. The sun was shining. Um, Life felt good. Things were looking up. And it's a proven fact that the sun impacts our mental and physical health, um, increased vitamin D, improved mood, higher quality sleep, stronger bones, lower blood pressure. But should it affect our spiritual state, we know that sunshine and weather will affect us, but where should our sunshine be coming from in the first place? Isaiah 60, verse 1, Arise, shine, for the light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Malachi 4, verse 2, But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. Luke 1, verses 78 and 79, Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God is the source of our good mood. And for the Christian, it's more than just a good mood. It's peace, joy, love, thankfulness, and all the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5, verse 22, 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. God is there. He's here shining in our hearts, whether the sun outside is shining or not. All right, where's God when we are broke, or just as dangerous when we are not broke. Um, Psalm 113, verse 7, He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth the needy out of the dunghill. You me turn to Matthew 6. <clears throat> Matthew 6 like to read verses 25 through 34. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day, unto the day is the evil thereof. And Psalm 37, verse 25, I have been young, and now I am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor seed begging bread. We have God's promise that he will provide for our needs. No, it's not to God. We don't serve God to get rich quick, or we don't 
we aren't guaranteed wealth. We likely will have hard times even in North America at some point in our life, but God will see us through. If hardships, even death come, he will give us the strength to bear it and the promise of eternal life. Can we handle that taking a moment at a time, meal to meal? Most of us really don't know what that's about. But God is there even for those who don't know where the next meal is coming from. <clears throat> Job 1 verse 21 is, Job said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job had it both ways, rich with God and suddenly nothing with God. Where are we placing God when things go well with us, and suddenly or suddenly when they are taken away? Do we reach out to him only when we need him? Or do we allow him to take control when things are smooth sailing financially and as a whole? Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18. And thou say in thine heart, my power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers, as it is this day. 1 Timothy 6, verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth, giveth us richly all things to enjoy. The abundance that we have, or even the very little that we have, God is the provider, and I think um, the same attitude and gratitude towards God is needed as we trust Him for providing for our needs. The last one I have is, where is God when our plans have changed? And that really applies to all the things we talked about um, so far. They are real, life-changing events, and it may seem like there's no hope at the moments we are in them. And we could have added more life-changing events and talked about them in the scriptures. <clears throat> but where is God when nothing goes as planned? Proverbs 16, verse 9, A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. The real trouble is so often we, we, know, we know where life is, or we think we know where life is headed. Maybe we don't have it exactly figured out, but we think we have a pretty good idea. And suddenly, 180, God directs our steps. And we say we believe it. When we get that 180, there is that war in our hearts, us or God. And it can be difficult and even devastating to us as Christians sometimes. We're sure we are already where God wants us to be. <clears throat> we're so close to God. Nothing could stop us. We could handle anything, and we think of the most difficult things that maybe God would possibly bring into our life. Yeah, I think I could do that with God's help. And boom, disaster strikes. Something totally not even in our wildest dreams or visionary spirit could have um, ever gotten us there. Ezekiel 3, verse 14, So the Spirit lifted me up and took me away, and I went in bitterness in the heat of my spirit, but the hand of the Lord was strong upon me. It wasn't in Ezekiel's plan, plans to be used of God in that way at all. He struggled. It's human. But we need to seek God's plan and realize His purposes are greater, better, and far-reaching, far more outreaching than we could have ever imagined. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God is in control. He is molding us to be better servants for him. And he wants us to be more reliant on him. I think the Christian desire is to be in God's will. And 
and at that place where he can be used in a powerful way. And that's the expected end it's talking about in, in that verse. About many times we go through twists and turns and lots of molding and shaping by our Heavenly Father, and we arrive there and find that what we had in mind really was very insignificant compared to what God had in mind for us. And that's the expected end. We want God's will. Where is God? <clears throat> God is everywhere. We know He is real. We see Him in nature. We see Him working among believers. We see Him working in hardened hearts. We see Him when we don't feel so lonely anymore. We see Him when He helps us get back up. We see Him when He makes our pain bearable. We see Him when a Christian friend encourages us. We feel Him in our heart and when He, when he whispers peace to us. We see Him in the sunshine, and also we feel and see the warmer rays of His grace and love in our hearts. We see Him in the expected end, and we see Him in that conquered grave beyond death into eternal life and in His presence forever. So tell the world, show the world where God is. That's Neil for prayer. Father in heaven, we come before you. We thank you that you are here this morning and that you are in our heart, that you are in our hearts. I pray that you would help us to show the world where you are, not only um, in creation and in nature and in all the blessings you have given to us, but show them that He, that you are in our hearts and um, help us not to be ashamed of that. I pray that you would bless each one of us, help us to be faithful to you. I pray that you would... Um, with Brother Jerry in um, Idaho as he preaches there. Pray you give him words to speak and also bless the work there as well. Pray that you would bless us as we continue to serve you today and throughout the week. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>